0: Today is the last in our series uh, called Open Mic. And we've been wrestling with this idea of prayer. Like, how do we pray? Uh, what does this look like for us to pray to God? Does God hear our prayers? And so it's just been a really good series, kind of, kind of as a little bit of review uh, of where we've been this past month. We learned that prayer is not just a suggestion. Prayer is not something that we can do if we want. We're actually commanded to, to pray. And so, and so... Uh, first week we looked, we looked in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and we saw uh, the reason why we can have confidence when we pray. And the reason we have confidence when we pray is because we have Jesus who is our high priest. And a high priest kind of acts as a mediator between us and God. But Jesus wasn't just any high priest. It wasn't like he was just this good, moral guy. No, Jesus was a high priest who could sympathize with, with all of our weaknesses, who can sympathize because Jesus was tempted in every way that you and I are. Jesus was tempted in every way and yet was without sin. And so here's Jesus now. He's sitting at the right hand of God, mediating on our behalf. And when we pray, Jesus is saying, hey, I know what they're going through. I know that temptation. I know that difficulty. And when we pray, Jesus is there with God saying, hey, let's listen to this guy. So we can have confidence to pray because Jesus is our mediator who's sitting at the right hand of God. Now weeks two and three, uh, Dan Brown taught us through the Lord's Prayer. And this really became a, a guide for how we can pray for the format of what it looks like. And through the Lord's Prayer, there are is five priorities that we can pray through. The first one being uh, worship, which is us just praising God that He is God. And, and praising Him and worshiping because He is worthy of all of our praise. Uh, the second priority was, was submission. This was us recognizing that God is God and we are not. So we submit our will to His will. We want Him to, to have His way in our life instead of us trying to force our way onto Him. Third priority was dependence. And this is where we, we trust God for all of our needs. Trust God daily for, for what we need to get through the day. Uh, fourth priority from the Lord's Prayer was confession. Confession. This is where we confess, confess our sin. We confess our need for Jesus. We confess our, our, our need for grace. And finally, you pray, uh, number five, for deliverance. Deliverance from temptation. So that's where we were weeks two and three. Last week, we, we were able to look at this idea of, of bold prayers. Bold prayers. That we have the ability to pray bold prayers before God. And we actually looked from Luke chapter 11 and we saw three, three steps we're supposed to take if we're going to pray bold prayers. The first step for our bold prayers was that we were to uh, ensure that we're praying according to God's will. Because sometimes we like to get confused between our will and God's will. And so we have to ensure that we're praying according to God's will. The second thing for for bold prayers is we had to ask boldly. We had to ask persistently. We had to be, be bold in our approach. God, this is where I'm at. God, here's where we need you. And then the third step to bold prayer is we actually had to put action to our prayers. We had to put action to it. It's not something that we expect God to do all the hard work. No, we pray and we begin taking steps for God to answer that prayer. And last week... We finished with that tremendous promise that Jesus gave. He gave this promise and said, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, it will be open to you. And I don't know about you, but I walked away last week pretty encouraged. Pretty excited to have that promise that God has said. I mean, this is God's word. This is a promise to us. If you ask, you will receive. Like, how are you not excited for that? Like, that should just be so encouraging and it feels so good. But here's the problem. Even though we heard that promise, even though we know this is what God's word says, there's a, there's a problem that arises. At least it's a problem that sometimes happens to me. Okay, Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but do you ever buy something? and you start putting it together, you're like, man, this thing isn't working. Like, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Like, maybe you look at somebody else's thing, and it, theirs works really good, and so you want one, and you get it, and it doesn't work like it's supposed to. Like, like my son Oliver, uh, for, for Christmas... Um, he got one of those uh, big marble things from Costco. Okay, I don't know if you guys have seen these, remember these, where you build it all up and then you put the marble in and it follows the track all the way down and they're supposed to ride back up and the marbles will just keep going. Okay? Now I don't know, uh, maybe operator air, but like we got that marble thing and the marble thing gets stuck. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Or, or for us, the other time I always feel like, man, I, you know, you know, something's wrong, it just didn't work. Like, like I don't know about you, but I have a horrible problem with Wi-Fi. Like, I'll hook up the Wi-Fi. You're supposed to get, you know, 20 megabytes or whatever it is. But then, like, the Wi-Fi, it's like it never works. Like, you're trying to load a website, trying to do something, and it just cuts out. And you're like, man, is this just me? Like, this is supposed to work so good, but it just doesn't work the way it's supposed to. There's some of us that have that attitude about prayer. It's a reality. Where we hear this promise, Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Knock and you will be answered. Seek and you will find. And some of us are saying, okay, God, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but it's like it's broken. Like maybe I'm not doing this right. Because God, I'm praying, I'm praying, but there's silence. I'm praying and there's no answer. I don't understand what's happening here. Like I thought this is how it's supposed to work. I know I've wrestled with this issue of unanswered prayer my, my, myself. A number of years ago when I was working at Madison House, my wife and I knew our time was going to be coming to an end here soon. And so we started praying, God, would you open the door somewhere else? And there was a, a close friend of mine who, who pastored a church. And uh, he said, hey, hey, what about you coming on staff with us? And I was like, man, that sounds great. Like, I, I love this guy. Like, I would follow this guy anywhere. And so, and so um, I'm praying, God, open the door. God, open the door. God, open the door. God, open the door. And all those prayers were met with silence. That door never opened. That church wasn't able to hire someone. And I remember answering this, asking this question, God, why am I praying? God, why, why do I feel like this is a good thing? But my prayers are met with silence. Listen, I know that there are some in here who have wrestled with the same idea of unanswered prayer. Some of you have prayed and pled to have that relationship rekindled. Maybe it's that relationship with a parent. Maybe it's that relationship with a, with, a, with a wayward child. And you've prayed and prayed and prayed, God, God, would you restore this relationship? But it seems like that relationship keeps getting further apart instead of getting closer. I know that there are single people who have prayed and prayed and prayed, God, 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 would you give me a spouse? God, would you help me to win in this relationship? And it seems like you never can cross that line and the relationship never happens and the spouse is never there. Some of you have, have prayed and pleaded with God. God, would you restore my health? God, would you, would you give me good health? And, and each time you pray, at each turn, instead of things getting better, it's like things keep getting worse and you have greater challenges. And so we have this issue of unanswered prayer. And most of us at some point in our life will understand what it means to pray and have silence be the response. And the thing is, when we're in that space of unanswered prayer, of not having our prayers answered, it can lead us into very dark places. leads us in dark places we begin to think man maybe maybe prayer doesn't really work. like maybe god doesn't really love me. like like maybe maybe god is still mad at me because I'm a sinner. Maybe God's still mad at me because I did that one thing that many years ago and God hasn't forgiven me. He hasn't forgotten it. And so maybe God's not answering my prayer because he's holding me accountable for that thing I did that long time ago and God is still holding me accountable for that. Listen, if you've ever struggled with this idea of unanswered prayer, you're not alone. You're not alone. In fact, uh, fortunately... We're going to open up the Bible today and look at this issue of unanswered prayer. Now, tell you, one of the reasons I love the Bible, one of the reasons I just, I love it, is because the Bible doesn't shy away from some of these hard topics, some of these difficult subjects. The Bible doesn't say, hey, you know, just have more faith. You no, know, the Bible speaks very clearly towards some of these hard issues that we deal with. And so, today, we're going to look at this issue of unanswered prayer And try to come to an understanding as to why sometimes God doesn't answer those prayers. So, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. If you need a Bible, just slip your hand up. There's uh, an usher in the back. We've got some Bibles on the uh, back table there. Luke chapter 11. This is the same chapter that we were studying last week. And in in this passage, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus... Would you teach us how to pray? Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer and said, here's how you pray. Pray like this. This is where we get those five priorities for prayer. And then, last week, we saw that Jesus taught them about bold prayer and he told them a story and said, man, we can pray boldly before God. And today, in, uh, in a couple of verses, we're going to get some insight as to why sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers. So, you have a Bible, Luke 11, uh, starting in verse 11, if you want to read with me, read along. It says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That is God's word for us today. Would you pray with me? God, I just want to come before you right now and just ask for your presence with us. God, I want to ask for your presence on me as we're dealing with this this sometimes difficult topic of God, how come you're quiet? How come you're silent when I need you most? How come I'm pouring out my heart before you, God? But it seems like I'm met with silence. God, I pray that you would give us understanding to this idea of of unanswered prayer and god what you're doing behind the scenes god give us understanding today help us to to hear your word god i pray that you would uh, speak to us i pray that you would comfort us i pray that you would convict us god i pray for your presence to be on us today i ask this in your name jesus amen now this passage seems pretty straightforward in fact, it almost seems like this isn't really dealing with unanswered prayer because the, the 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 text says, you know, imagine a child comes to you and says, "Hey, can I have a fish?" What good parent would give them a scorpion? I mean, that seems pretty pretty basic here, and that's one way to look at it. You know, like, like a kid asks for something reasonable, any good parent, any loving parent, is going to give them something dangerous or 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 harmful to them. So, you know, for example, if 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 a child asks for a pet, any good and loving parent is not gonna give them a kitten. Like if they love their child, it's gonna be a puppy. Alright? Like that's just that's just what a good parent does. No offense. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> But I want you to look at this text from a little different perspective. Because we can look at it from one sense and say, if a child asks for something good, the parent's not going to give them something bad. But I want you to see from a different perspective. Because a kid comes to the parent and asks for something good. That appears good. That looks really good on the outside. But as parents, with a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more knowledge... Sometimes we can see that what the child is asking for, that they think is good, really isn't good. And so you can read it from this perspective of a child saying, Hey, Dad, can I have a fish that's swimming in the water? And the parent can look and say, That's not really a fish, it's a serpent. No, I'm not going to give you a serpent. That would be foolish. A child comes and says, Hey, Dad, can I have an egg? And the, the parent would say, no, that's an egg of a scorpion. I don't know if scorpions come out of eggs or not, but I'm trying to get you to see this idea that sometimes kids ask for things that they think are really good for them. They think they really want, but parents, with a little bit more wisdom, can look and say, man, that's not good for you. That's actually going to be harmful and dangerous to you. And listen, if you're if you're a parent, like you know how this works. If you're an adult, you've seen this happen in life. <coughs> you know, where a kid looks and finds something they really want, like really bad. Like this looks really good and this is positive. And and, and the kid says, dad, dad, mom, this is what I really, really want. But as parents, we know it's terrible. As parents, we know it's going to be dangerous to them. It's going to bring harm to the kids. And so as parents, we try and explain the danger to them. We try and say, hey, hey, if I get this to you, then this is what's going to happen and that's going to be bad and it's going to be dangerous. It's going to harm you and it's not good for you. And I, and, I, and I love you too much to give this to you. And as parents, we try and explain this to our kids and oftentimes it falls on deaf ears. Like we can explain to our kids, hey, this is why you can't do this. This is why you can't have this. But the kids get angry. The kids pout. They throw tantrums. They get angry at mom and dad. They think dad's just a, uh, uh, an, an idiot who doesn't really know what he's talking about. Like, this is what kids do. In fact, I saw these, these memes on the interwebs. I don't know if you ever spend time on the internet, but I saw these memes of why kids cry. And so there's a few of these. Let's go ahead. And this little girl is crying because um, her parents wouldn't let her play with a, dog, with a bag of dog poop. Like, this is what kids do. I want to play with dog poop. No. And so kids throw a tantrum. Uh, the next one. Crying because I wouldn't let him get a tattoo. Like any two-year-old kid needs a tattoo, right? Seems realistic. Uh, I told her she can't marry daddy and her brother. Like that seems like a really logical reason for a child to throw a tantrum. I wouldn't let him drown in this pond. Like really, really. And this next one may may be my my favorite one. It says, I wouldn't let her buy the Dolly movie for Christmas, if you can see what that is. (laughs) There we go. I mean, this is what kids do. Kids find something that looks good and looks positive, and and they say, Mom, Dad, we want this. Yet as parents with a little more wisdom, we know, hey, we can't give this to you. It's going to be dangerous. And so I've got, today is a family service, so we've got the kids in service today, and I'm super excited they're here. And I've got a little object lesson for the kids today. And I need a young man, I need, I need, I need, I need a volunteer, any ch- children? Um, David, why don't you come on up here for a minute? Woo! All right, I'm going to give this to you, if you stand right here for me. All right, David, what I have is I have some candy for you. And I'm going to put a bunch of candy out on the table. Mike and Ike Redrageous, this is the best kind of Mike and Ike. I'm just going to say, see what else we got in here. We've got Red Vines, anybody like the Red Vines? All right um, we've got, I'm a sour kid, so Sour Patch Kids, you like the sour candy? Yeah? Which one do you like so far the best? Oh, there's more, hold on. We've got cherry sours. My father-in-law buys these for my, my, my kids all the time, so this is in honor of my father-in-law. Let's see, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, we've got some of the good stuff. We got Baby Ruth chocolate bars, and I thought we had one more. Do we got one more in here? Oh, yes. We've got Snickers bars. All right. So we have a nice little assortment of candy right here. So, David, what I would like you to do is I would like you to decide which of these candy you would like. And I'd like you to ask me for the specific one you want. Can you do that? May I please have the Mike and Ikes? You would like the Mike and Ikes. Put your hand down so you can touch it. All right. Ladies, should he have the mic and Ikes? Yeah, you think so? All right, I got something even better for you, though, okay? No, you can't have the mic and because I got something better for you. I got a tree of broccoli for you. Here you go, buddy. Go ahead. Have a seat. That's what I got for you. There we go. Give him a round of applause. You cannot eat the broccoli until after service today, okay? Deal? Deal? And no sharing. It's all for you. Sometimes we have this issue where we clearly want the Myconites. And we don't understand why God would give us the broccoli. And so, looking at this, I want to I look and say, why doesn't God always answer our prayers? There's, there's three reasons I want you to consider today as to why sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers. Three reasons to consider why God sometimes doesn't answer our prayers. First reason is... God has a greater perspective. God has a much bigger perspective than you and I. <clears throat> see, we have, this, we have this limited viewpoint where it's kind of like we're, we're down here on the earth and all we can see is what is right in front of us. This is all we can see. In fact, years ago when I was young, I used to climb mountains. I, actually, I shouldn't say I climbed mountains. I climbed one mountain. And I remember, <laughs> I, I always think of it as climbing mountains. And so we approach Mount Hood, and I'm looking at Mount Hood, and and we're at the base of it, and I'm like, this thing is huge. Like, it's ginormous. And and I was like, there's no way we can do this. And I remember, we're, we're hiking, we're hiking, we're hiking. We climbed all the way to the top of that mountain, and my perspective changed. Because then I could see all around. I could see down to California. I can see up to British Columbia. You could see for miles upon miles upon miles, and I could see that Mount Hood was just one little mountain in a series of these huge mountains all across uh, the, the, the mountain range that we have here in the Northwest. My perspective changed. See, you and I, we live in this perspective where we're on the ground, and all we see is what's in front of us. But God has this different perspective. This is what This is what uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, as we look not to the things that are seen. See, we, that's what we see. We see the things that are seen, like right in front of us. That is our perspective. It's it's horizontal. But God's perspective is much different. Because he says, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. God's perspective is so much greater than what you and I see. God can look and see that there's so much more going on. And this is, where, this is where we begin to look and think about perspective and how we have such limited perspective and how God has such greater perspective. And if we would just trust God when we pray and he doesn't answer because God's perspective is different. In fact, for example, when I told you I'd prayed for that pastor friend of mine that was interested in hiring me and bringing me on staff, Man, I can't tell you how much I wanted that to happen. Like, I wanted that to happen. But my perspective was so limited. Because, man, if I was hired there, I would not be standing in front of you today. Listen, if I was hired at that church, Restoration Church doesn't exist. Restoration Church, listen, this is the reality of it. When I look out at here, there's, there's probably half of you. That if Restoration Church didn't exist, you'd be at church somewhere else, okay? But listen, if Restoration Church doesn't exist, there's a good half of us in here today. I don't know where you'd be. I don't know what your life would look like. And this is where I look and say, man, God's perspective is so much greater than anything we can understand. Because I looked and said, God, you didn't answer my prayer. But God's perspective was so much greater. He could see so much more than what you and I can see. And this is where we have to trust God. Even when he doesn't answer, that his perspective is so much greater than ours. Because I remember just walking through that time thinking, man, God, you're so silent. God, you're so unloving. Why aren't you answering my prayer? But his perspective knows so much more knows what the future holds and the plans that he has. Second reason, second reason why sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer, second reason I want you to consider is God has a better plan. God has a better plan. How many of you have ever seen this to be true? Where you can look back at those old unanswered prayers, and be like, man, God, I'm so glad you didn't answer that prayer. I am so glad that you did so much infinitely more and better than that. This is where, this is where, uh, David, you wanted the Mike and Ikes, right? <laughs> really looks good, don't they? And the Red rage Rageous even better, right? Do me a favor, just grab that broccoli though. Just open up the broccoli a little bit and let's, let's, let's see, we'll see what's in there. I mean, I, I was a jerk for not giving you the candy, right? Was I a jerk for not giving you the candy? Oh, well, why am I not a jerk? No, look inside there. Keep digging. What is that? Hold that up. You got 25 bucks, dude. You got 25 bucks. Come on, man. That's 25. Now, that's for your soccer. I know you're trying to raise some money for soccer. So that's helping you for soccer, but but you you've got to understand like this was good, but I had something even better for you, right? Like you'd rather have the 25 bucks, right? I mean, this is the way that it works. And you and I, we think we have all the answers. Like, we think we know what is, is, is perfect for our lives. And we think, God, if you just did this, everything would be great. But we've got to understand that God is so infinitely smarter than we are. He has all of the wisdom in the world. He's the creator of the world. He is much smarter and wiser than any of us, including myself. And sometimes... When God doesn't answer our prayers, it's because he has something so much infinitely better than we could ever imagine. It just begins to make me wonder, like, how many times do we pray for things and God doesn't answer our prayer? And how many times are we like those little kids, throwing tantrums, becoming angry? God, you didn't answer my prayer. God, you didn't give me what I wanted. Because God has something so infinitely better. And we look at those kids and we think, man, that's a, t- that's a toddler. Man, most of us are toddlers in our faith. When we're praying and saying, God, this is what I want, and God has something so much better if we could just see it and understand what God is doing. Third reason I'd like you to consider as to why sometimes God doesn't answer your prayers is because God has a greater purpose. God has a greater purpose. We can't ever lose sight of the fact that God is at work in the lives of those who love him, of those who are called according to his purpose. God is at work in our lives. In fact, we already mentioned 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul. And some of you, I know, you know who the Apostle Paul is. But if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, uh, the Apostle Paul was possibly the greatest missionary and church planner who ever lived. I mean, this dude wrote a third of the New Testament. Like, he wrote he wrote Bible. Like, like, like some of us are good writers, but he wrote Bible. Like, like, there's no way that any of us could compare to his religious credentials for, for being a good Christian. Like, he is a, a stepping above probably everybody in here. Okay? He's got a leg up on every one of us. And this is what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, To keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Here's what he says three times, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. This is Paul saying, Man, I've prayed. I've prayed, God, God, would you take this away from me? God, would you, would you take this from me? God, would you take this from me? Three times he prayed, and three times God did not do it. But here's God's greater purpose behind that. He says in verse 9, For he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God refused to to take that thorn, whatever that thorn was in Paul's life. God refused to take that thorn out of his life because there was a greater purpose. That Paul would learn that God's grace was enough. And sometimes we're in this moment and we're saying, God, why aren't you doing something here? The reality is God has a purpose behind it. God is doing something in our lives. God is teaching us something. God is shaping us for something to come. And God has these these reasons why he allows things to happen in our life. And it it may be God's trying to do something through you. And it may be there's some people around you that God's trying to do something through. But God sometimes is silent for our prayers because there's a greater purpose. There's a greater reason. There's something going on behind the scenes that God's trying to get accomplished and he's trying to accomplish it through whatever it is going on in our lives. So when God doesn't answer your prayers, three very simple reasons. Three very simple things to consider. First, that God has a greater perspective. Second, that God has a greater plan. And third, that God has a greater purpose. Ultimately though, I want to look back in Luke chapter 11. I want to look back at our text because, because there's, there's something here I want you to see. Because this is, really, this is really the bottom line. This is what it comes down to. Luke chapter 11. Notice the language that Jesus uses in verse 13. He says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Well, let's just, let's just be honest with who we are. Jesus is saying, You, us, we are evil. Now, some of us, we don't like to think of ourselves like that. We like to think, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person. I, I'm a pretty good person. I'm not that bad of a person. And Jesus is saying, hey, take the rose-colored glasses off. Every one of us are bent towards selfishness or bent towards sin. And left to our own devices, we would continually, constantly choose to sin. We're always bent towards selfishness, towards sin. And Jesus is saying, even though we're evil... Like, we know how to give good gifts to our kids. We know how to look out for our kids' best interests. We know how to give good things to them. But here, look what Jesus says next. He says, How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? See, Jesus is contrasting. You and I who are evil and still know how to do good with our Heavenly Father, with God, who is the opposite of evil, with God who is good, with God who is perfectly loving, with God who is a perfect father. He's saying we as as fathers, as parents, we know how to give good things to our kids, but we have this great and perfect God, this great and perfect father who knows better than we do how to give good gifts to his children, to those who love him. See, here's the bottom line. What I see in that, do you trust God? Do you trust that God is a good father? Do you trust that God is a loving father? Because ultimately, what's going to come out of your prayer life? Or your lack of a prayer life? Ultimately, what's going to come out of your prayer life is it's going to show whether or not you truly trust God or not. Because if we trust God, if we trust that God is good, if we trust that God is working things out for our good and for His glory, if we trust that God is loving, if we trust that God has a purpose and a plan, then when we pray and there's silence, we don't doubt, we don't waver. We trust because we know who He is. Listen, your prayer life will show whether or not you trust God, whether you trust that He is good and loving and He's working in your life. This isn't just, a, uh, this isn't just a, a, a mental, do you trust God? Because we can all mentally agree, I trust God. This comes down to the heart issue. Like, do you truly, honestly, deep down, do you trust that God is good? Do you trust that God is working things out in your life? Do you trust him even when the answer is no? Even when he has something different for you? He I want to be clear, I'm not saying you've got to understand everything that God does. We're not talking about having to understand. I'd never put that pressure on you that you have to understand what God is doing. And I don't think the Bible puts that pressure on you as well. In fact, many of us have been in rooms where there's a tragedy and there's no understanding. There's no understanding as to what just happened. Years later, there is still no understanding. We don't understand what God is doing. I'm not saying that you've got to understand it. But what I am saying is you've got to trust that God is good. And whatever reason, in God's perfect wisdom and his perfect providence, God is doing something different. Yet he is still working things out for our good and for his glory. There will be one day. There will be a day in the future where everything will be made clear. And we will have perfect understanding. We probably won't be breathing oxygen on this earth, though. But there will be a day when everything will make perfect sense. Let me just ask you a few questions as we come to, to a close this morning. Are you truly trusting God? When you look at your prayer life, do you truly trust that God is good? That God is working things out? That God is the good Father? It's like we said, we're evil parents, yet we know how to do good. God is perfect. Do we trust him in his perfect sovereignty, wisdom, knowledge, to work things out in our lives? Who are you going to trust more? Are you going to trust yourself and your plans and your wisdom? Or are you going to trust God and his plans And His wisdom. Think how many times in my own life that I've been that toddler on the ground crying and throwing a tantrum because I didn't get what I wanted when God had something so infinitely greater and better that I could never even imagine and understand. What is your prayer life showing you about your trust? Because your lack of prayer. show that you're not really trusting in God. You don't trust that He is good, that He is able to work things out for our good and His glory. Maybe you're struggling to understand. Maybe you've been in this spot where you're wrestling with this. Like, God, I don't get this. God, I don't understand what's happening here. Listen, if you're in that spot where you're struggling with life and struggling to understand what God is doing, God, I just encourage you To put your faith and trust in him today. You don't have to have an understanding. But you have to have that trust. To know that he is good. That he's on your side. That he's working things out. Would you pray with me? God, just. I want to come before you today and just praise you for who you are. That, God, you are the good Father. That you are a loving and perfect Father. And that, God, you desire to bring grace into our lives, to bring good in our lives. That you have a purpose and a plan. And, God, we don't understand it. And, God, when we talk about praying through our will and through your will, so many times we confuse our own will with your will. And we think, this is what I want, God. God, would you do this? God, I pray, I just pray that you help us just keep this perspective. That God, you are God and we are, we are not. That your wisdom and your knowledge is infinite and ours is limited. That you are so much greater than any of us are and we're limited. So God, I just pray that you would help us, whether we're in a time where we're seeing answered prayer, whether we're in a time we're seeing unanswered prayer, we're we're, we're met with silence. That we would see you at work. We would know that you are good. That we would know that you love us. That you have a plan. That you are working things out in our lives. God, I pray for every one of us in here today that we would keep our trust and our faith on you. And that no matter what happens, whether we have answered prayer or not, that we would keep our trust, that you are enough, that your grace is sufficient. Christianity is not following Jesus to get things from him. Christianity is following Jesus and that is enough. And God, I pray to help us to understand that you are enough. God, I pray for those in here who are struggling to understand what's happening and what's going on trying to figure out, God, what are you trying to do here? God, I pray that in the midst of that that struggle, that their eyes would still be on you to know who you are, to know that you are good, to know that you love each and every one of us, that you are working things out for our good and for your glory. God, as we have the opportunity right now to respond to your word, Restoration Church, we've designed our services very specific. Where we have the opportunity to have a couple worship songs after the message. Or we can cry out to you. Or we can pray to you. Or we can praise you. Listen, wherever you are today, whatever's going on, I pray that you would just respond to God's word today. If you need to spend some time just in prayer, silent meditation to remind yourself of who God is. Maybe confess. Maybe you need to spend some time just in confession. God, I'm sorry. I've doubted your goodness. I've doubted your plan. I've struggled understanding. But today, God, I'm going to cry out to you. I'm going to make things right with you. So maybe you're in the spot that, that you've been there. And you know that God's got a plan. You know what God is is at work. Maybe today you just need to join in the worship team and praising God for who he is. Praising him for what he's doing in your life. The fact that he's never left you, nor forsaken you. Listen, if you're struggling with something specific today, would like a pastor to pray for you. During these next two worship songs, I'll be up at the front. I'd love to have the opportunity to pray with you, to pray over you. However you need to do today, though I encourage you, take this time to respond to God's word today. God, just thank you for your presence with us now. Pray that you help us to respond. That you would continue to do a work in our heart. You help us to keep our faith and trust in you. God, we love you and praise you, and we ask this in your name.